Hello, business storytellers, content marketers, journalist Christoph Trapio. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Um, if you hear my voice, I don't know what it sounds like on tape. How old school of a saying is that? On air here, a little bit under the weather in Iowa, fall is in full swing, which means everybody is starting to get sick. Okay, moving on to more important topics, premium content. So here's what I want to talk about when it comes to premium content. What is premium content to begin with? So usually that term is used when we ask people to pay for our content. So we say, we're, you know, this is premium content, uh, you, you pay for it, it's better than the rest, it's worth paying for. Of course, that decision lies with the reader, it lies with the consumer. Are they going to pay to consume that content? And what I have found, a lot of times, that presents challenges. And so if you head over to uh, the Staymates Inside podcast, I did a podcast there with um, Joyce Neff, Watt Global Media. They put up a data wall. So they collect data for people to access content, which is very different from money. And, you know, the whole thing with data, even if you have my data, um, I can still delegate your emails to my spam. I can still block your phone numbers. I can still uh, ignore you, right? And you didn't take any money and I'm not even paying attention to you. So there's that. Um, but premium content, of course, everybody needs to make money. And you have probably heard my opinion on paywalls before. And this this is really not that different from paywalls. Now, um, one thing to think about is how do you create premium content? And the answer is you need premium content creators. And, you know, as we know, journalism, marketing, everything is changing, um, you know, and certainly there is a good chunk of people out in the market that are available to create premium content, but you need rock star creators. And you maybe even need some personalities. If you look at some of the podcasts we listen to and, and some of the uh, content creators out there that are really rocking it, number one, they create pretty good content. Number two, they have a little bit of a personality. So it's not just like you're not just looking at, um, you know, a piece of paper and third person writing, distanced, um, you know, so you have that in there as well. Of course, like anything in life, it can go into the extremes, right? You could have somebody who has more personality than knowledge. Um, and oh, you know, I mean, is that going to help you figure out what you want to read or why you want to consume the content? And then you have people who know a lot of stuff, but they don't have any personality. So that is the extremes. And of course, like most everything, if you're somewhere in the middle, you're probably going to win. Um, but premium content is a problem because asking people to sign up for anything anymore it's getting harder and harder and harder. So I'll give you an example. I just looked at a webinar. And honestly, I don't have time for webinars, especially the ones that are scheduled. Like, um, join me for noon Eastern time, you know, on, on Thursday. 
I'm like, for real? I don't have time. I got like three meetings already at that time. Um, <clears throat> so if anything, I like webinars to be on demand. I mean, I really do. But here's the problem. So the one I just went to actually had all those options. They had multiple sessions. You can, uh, I'm pretty sure you can watch it after it's done. So that is basically on demand. And I got to the page and I'm very interested in the topic. It's like neuroscience and storytelling, even though I know things about that topic. I got distracted by a notification of some other content that was very interesting. So I clicked that notification and I moved on. I'm gone. If you consider webinars very similar to premium content, right? Because people try to um, drive leads. People try to, um, you know, add people to their email list. People try to get people in the sales funnel and at the very least the marketing funnel. Um, the top of the, which is of course on top of the sales funnel, but, um, you know, I was ready to sign up and I left. Something else happened. So there is that. The competition is fierce. It is just unbelievable. Everybody is creating content. Everybody is sharing something. And if you're saying, Christoph, that is incorrect. We are not creating content and we're doing just fine. Um, Maybe so today, but maybe there is a reason why you want to broaden your um, audience or reconnect with them, right? I mean, stay in front of them. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I follow sites that cover things that I care about. And every once in a while, um, I don't read them. I currently don't need to know about this topic. I move to something else. And I unsubscribe from their email newsletter. That's another thing. I am the champion, maybe the world champion, haha, of unsubscribing from emails. I get so few emails anymore that I think I may be winning. Um, but I should, I should actually run another test on how many emails I get. So the way I ran that a few years ago, I created a folder and every email that had unsubscribe in the copy went into that folder. And then I just left that folder alone. I'm an inbox zero guy. So you might imagine how hard it is for me not to look at emails and do something or delete them or repeat or reply to them. Super, super <coughs> um, hard. But setting up a rule sets that, uh, forwards those emails directly into that folder and ta-da, they're there. And then at the end of the day, I can look how many emails are in there. So my current perception is I have very few emails that I get. And even the sites I love, I subscribe to the email and then I read them for a little while. And then if I get tired of them or I don't need their email every single day, then I um, unsubscribe. And I still follow them on Twitter and on a slow evening, I might read their content again when they show up. Sometimes I have them in notifications. Um, so as you can see, the competition, this is just my own personal example. I mean, you can think about how you consume content if you're not in marketing or not a storyteller, not a business storyteller. Um, feel free to send me ideas on how 
you know, uh, how you consume content and how you engage with things online. Ctrap at gmail.com. C-T-R-A-P-P-E at gmail.com. If you're listening on Anchor, anchor.fm forward slash Ctrap, you can also leave a voice message. So that is kind of a cool feature. And feel free to do that. Depending how many there are, I might um, add that to the episode or do another episode on, um, depending on what we heard. Um, so premium content is getting harder and harder. Um, I currently pay for two, uh, three, three publications. So I get the digital subscription for the New York Times and the Washington Post. Uh, I do read them relatively religiously um, in, uh, you know, I mean, with the political situation, I want to keep up on that. They do a decent job covering all the different sites um, from what I can tell. Um, so I read them. And other than that, I do have my local newspaper. I currently get the Sunday paper because doing football season, go Hawkeyes. Um, I like to catch up on the game report and um, see what they have to say. So I do get it on Sundays during the football season. Um, but that's it. And I certainly always try to learn things. So, so I'll give you an example. Last year, I identified that I need to learn more about artificial intelligence. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Seriously, it's relatively new. Marketing artificial intelligence and also journalistic artificial intelligence. And I basically, um, I went to a conference. I used some miles to go there. I get a deal with them to get a free pass and, you know, covered some stories and learned some things in, in the day, uh, evening over at the conference that day and then back at night kind of trip. And while I think that's an important piece of what I need to learn, I probably would not pay for that content. There's enough content out there that I can read. Um, so how do, how do companies make money with content? You have to money monetize it other ways. So for example, if you look at marketing blogs, right? So even um, like marketing companies, um, how do they monetize their blogs, right? They sell a product. They sell something else. They're not selling the content. The content is just to draw attention to them. I was talking about a marketer yesterday and he speaks at like every conference and like I don't I bet he doesn't even get paid most of the time. I think it's a marketing opportunity for him to be out in front of people. And then the more people know him, the more people are likely to hire the company. And that's, you know, um, what is the additional service that you're selling? You're not selling content. Content is really the conduit to get you to pay attention and then to buy something else. Um, and really, when you look at, there's a difference between journalism and marketing, certainly. But when you look at marketing, when you look at companies that do marketing well and that create content well, they don't make any money through their content. I mean, they can run an ad and certainly when you have a lot of traffic that can make money, but they have another product, whether it's their own product or whether they sell it through affiliate marketing, um, you know, one way or another, that is a model. So something to think about. Uh, my opinion stance, I still would not recommend putting up paywalls for most anything. The easier it is for people to consume your content, the better, the more engaged they will be long term. Disagree? 
agree, feel free to leave me a voicemail, anchor.fm forward slash ctrap. C-T-R-A-P-P-E. As always, check out authenticstorytelling.net and connect on Twitter at ctrap. Feel free to send me a LinkedIn invite. Let me know I invited you on the show. Happy to stay connected. Until next time, Christoph Trapp, the Business Storytelling Podcast. Thank you.